it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. My name is C.T. McManus, and for the next little bit, it is my job to get your mind off the craziness of the world out there, get it refocused in on some good old-fashioned rock and roll. Guys, we are very excited this evening. We have local rockers, Castle Bravo, joining us momentarily. Uh, We have a lot to get to. We're going to discuss a lot of good stuff. But before that, if you did not get a chance last week to listen to the podcast with Kicks Guitars' Brian Forsythe, you can do that. Still, that, along with any of the past Rock and Roll Union shows that you've missed, by going onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, look up VOC Nation, and you'll find us under that umbrella. So, any of the shows you missed, guys, that's always available. And I also wanted to give a big shout-out to Phoenix Custom Printing, phone number 410206. 2081. Regardless of what you're looking for, if you're looking for uh, sports teams, local little league teams, band shirts, 
schools, public, private events. If you're looking for your next big step on rock merch, guys, I'm telling you, they are the exclusive printer of the Rock and Roll Union. We got a big order coming back soon. We're getting rid of all the old stuff, and we're going to be doing a uh, we're going to be doing a different design each year. So the old design, the black T-shirts, we're kind of liquidating them right now, and we got a new big shipment coming in. You're going to want to jump on these shirts, man. It's going to be a new design. going to be hot. Once again, if you need anything as far as your printing needs, that's 410-206-2081, or you can reach them on email at phoenixcustominc at gmail.com. Guys, we had such a great time last week with Brian Forsythe. He was such a cool dude, man, and great interview. He let us know everything. Uh, new bang, uh, new uh, Rhino Bucket music coming out, man. That's really exciting. And uh, we have a lot of good stuff coming up in the coming weeks on the podcast here. And really excited to share it all with you guys. Uh, kind of have a couple surprises coming down the pike too, man. So next week we'll be we'll begin the celebration month of our third year. I can't believe it's been three years already, man. Great times, a lot more ahead of us, but for now, we're going to go and listen to a bit of Rhino Bucket beat to death like a dog.
Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Steins of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. It is my great pleasure to bring into the Rock and Roll Union the band Castle Bravo. I believe I have these guys on the line. You there with us? Hey, CT. Hey, man. Uh, so you guys consist of Mike Capella, Dave Cherby, and Andy Galanti on drums. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with tonight? Uh, this is this is Mike. Uh, is Dave, Dave, are you on the on the line? Dave's calling in from a, a different location. Uh, yeah, I don't have him yet. Uh, okay. Hopefully he'll be along soon. But, uh, yeah, man, so could you give us a little bit of rundown about uh, about Castle Bravo? I, I saw uh, – on your Facebook page, you guys have a pretty pretty cool backstory to the band, and uh, could you let us in a little bit on that? Yeah, thanks. Um, we, we'd like to think so. Um, Castle Bravo uh, was actually the name of a bomb uh, when the United States was uh, testing nuclear uh, bombs in the 50s, 
And it was the biggest uh, nuclear device ever detonated by the United States. And at the time, the most uh, the, the biggest bomb ever uh, detonated in, in history up until that point. I think uh, years later, Russia actually tested something, and it, it was bigger. But Operation Casa Brava was, was this huge bomb in, in the 50s, and, um, and uh, they had a lot of fallout. Um, uh, there, it, it was twice as big as the, the scientists had expected it to be, and uh, there was fallout and, and some some bad stuff happened. But uh, it's where we got the idea for Godzilla. You know, um, <laughs> if you if you listen to those movies really closely, uh, you'll hear them uh, talk about Cass, uh, Operation Castle Bravo, uh, and that's why he breathes uh, radiation and things like that. So. Uh, Number one, the, the name is just super cool, uh, and um, and so uh, you know, like Iron Maiden has Eddie as a as a uh, as a figure, or Megadeth has Vic. Uh, we have we have a um, we have a guy too. We call him Bobzilla because Godzilla was, was a little expensive for our budget. Okay, so you know he, we had to go with his lesser known brother Bob. So uh, so on on our like shirts and, and stuff like that, uh, we we put God, uh, Bobzilla there. Because he's like our mascot for for the band, and he kind of goes along with it. That's great, man. Now, uh, were you more of a fan of Godzilla, or were you more of a fan of history, or kind of both? Um, kind of both. Uh, more so history than Godzilla. I'm more, i got to be honest with you. I'm more of a King Kong guy, kind of guy. Uh, I like the fact that he climbed the Vampire State Building and all that. Uh, Godzilla... I own a bunch of Godzilla movies, and, uh, but after, after a while, I, I always thought uh, it was the same story uh, time and time again. Uh, but I liked it when they fought uh, him and, and King right. Kong. Yeah. You know, my me and my son had that exact argument earlier. He's a big Godzilla fan. We're looking forward to that new movie coming out. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to side with you, man. I'm more on the King Kong, the King Kong side of things. But – I believe we have – who did you say was calling on the other line? Dave Kirby. I believe that's Dave with us now. Dave, you with us? I am indeed. How are you, sir? Good, man. <laughs> How are you? Very well. So uh, Mike was just giving us a little rundown on the name behind you guys and a little bit of the history of the atomic bomb and the Godzilla tie-in and – just wanted to ask you guys, like, how long have you been together? Where did it all start? Okay, I'll I'll start that uh, uh, that one. So I think it's been it's been about three or four years now. Uh, I actually did, I was with uh, two other guys uh, that started the band with me. I I'm originally a drummer, uh, and I played in, in numerous bands and things like that. Uh, I worked in an inner. Uh, internet music company and I sold guitars and things and I wound up winning some uh, like 10, 15 years ago and started started playing and record writing music and things like that. So I remember uh, three, four years ago, I was in a band. Um, I was really maybe frustrated with the way uh, things were going. I said, I'm just going to do it my I'm going to do it my way. Uh, and a couple guys, uh, I had uh, a different bass player, different drummer uh, and, and that went on for about a year and, and the bass player um it was a little lackadaisical. I was showing up late, uh, missing practice, that kind of thing. I had a gig coming up. <laughs> it's slander. Uh, and Dave, I've known Dave for a long time. Dave's been in 100 bands, uh, very 
uh, David, an accomplished musician uh, in, in South Jersey here. And uh, I called him on the phone super late one night and asked him if he could play a gig. Uh, he came, learned all the tunes, played them phenomenally. Uh, and I, I don't think I ever called the, the other guy again. Wow, that's great. Now, I got to ask you guys, I, I between the Leave Me the Fuck Alone and uh, <laughs> The Devil on My Shoulder, the, the, the sounds that you guys have are so diverse and so uh, just everywhere. Who do you guys bring in as far as inspiration, who you guys listen to, and how much of a percentage do you say that brings into your playing and your music? Well, I could say, well, okay, so the sound that we have with Castle Bravo is more of a, I guess, it's more of a rock and roll influence. We sit around, when I go over Mike's house, we listen to old blues musicians. We listen to Elvis. We listen to Johnny Cash. I like all that stuff, Roy Orbison, um, anything anything from the 60s or 70s. Um, I'd say most of the time we really go back and, and listen to, like we do a lot of stuff like old Delta blues. Um, nice. You know, we'll sit down and jam. You know, he has a steel string um, or a steel body guitar, and he plays a slide. So we really listen to a lot of that. I would say the influence of that is combined with the fact that Mike and I have been in metal bands for a long time. I'm from a band, uh, a Philly band, Philly South Jersey band that used to play the Empire and the Troc and Bonnie's and that that, oh, that wow, yeah. um called Without Warning. We were a thrash band. And then in the years that have gone by, we kind of reformed about 10 years ago. And then Glenn Lowry and I, a.k.a. August Lord, if he's listening right now, shout out to him. He, um, he and I had a band called, we joined a band with a couple other guys um, called um, Resurrection. And we had, you know, real heavy, real heavy music, blood and makeup and contact lenses and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And then we, we changed the name to American Messiah and got even heavier. And then we got even heavier still and changed the name of the band to Awake in the Abyss. And I, my background is real heavy, heavy technical thrash with kind of like Lamb of God kind of sounds. Gotcha. You know, Slipknot, that kind of stuff. Slipknot with the theatrics. So we had this guy, Stang, singing Dan Stang, super growl, you know, the heavy vocals. But he also could sing melodically. So I have a real heavy background with, with metal. So I bring some, you know, technical chops to the band and can do, you know, can kind of write, you know, like like a metal kind of feel. But basically the, the direction we want to go in is, like I said, we like listening to, we want to be able to play and people tap their feet, right? Blues kind right. of sound, you know, someone that someone that that anyone can enjoy, whether it's your kid or your grandma, it, it just sounds good. You bob your head, you tap your foot. So we listen to that kind of music and are heavily influenced by it for this, but we also have that metal background which kind of throws an influence in there too so that's kind of my awesome. take. I, I think that was well 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 put um dave even though dave has been in metal bands and, and things like that i mean real metal he, he they would carry him out he'd be spitting up blood it, it was awesome uh dave also listens uh you, you know to the the palette of music where uh nothing's off the table you know what i'm saying i mean i'll Freaking listen to the goddamn Spice Girls. I don't give a shit. Uh, you know what I mean? A, a good song is a is a good song. Is what what I think. And um, so, if if my playlist, we put my playlist on 
um, shuffle, it, it'll be Megadeth and Lamb of God and, and Iron Maiden. I've been, you know, the next song could be like it's Elvis. I think he's you know the greatest performer that ever lived. Uh, Johnny Cash, uh, Elmore James, uh, guy lives in uh, Chicago. They call him the king of the uh, slide guitar. Sunhouse, uh, he's the guy that taught uh, Robert Johnson. You've heard of Robert Johnson, sold his soul oh, to the absolutely. devil. Oh, absolutely. Well, the guy who really taught him uh, was this guy, Sun House, uh, and he had this long, long career at Lived All Those Blues Guys uh, and just wrote really awesome, uh, visceral songs. So when, when we write songs uh, in, in the movie Rambo, the guy says the, – uh, he's, he's, the, the colonel's talking to, to somebody, and he says, uh, there's this great sculpture. And somebody asked him, how do you make these great sculptures? And he says, the sculpture's already there. I just knock away uh, the rocks that's hiding it. And I kind of feel like a song is the same way. Sometimes I try to make something to make it sound metal. And I said it's right. not. This is more. This is more of a blues song, uh, or it's more of a punk song. So you're right. You had said it earlier. We're kind of all over the place with the type of songs that they are. But it's kind of how we're feeling at the moment when the song was written, uh, where it was written, uh, why. Uh, a lot of the songs we actually have are there's a story behind every one. It's not hey we need to write a song. Well, what do you want to write about? Usually it's something that has uh, happened. Uh, to us and then we we write a song about it yeah man so when you guys play live unfortunately covid kind of kicked all of our asses but uh when you guys play live do you kind of go a lot like because your songs are a little bit all over do you build your set list according to okay well these songs are a little similar so we're not going too wide here or do you kind of just throw things at the fan and see where it sticks well, the set list is a, doing a right set list is, a, is an art form. Um, when you go see a concert, every single thing you hear is deliberately thought out with a lot of thought. If you go see like you know Megadeth or you know Iron Maiden or Ozzy or anybody, like there's an intro. Um, the songs are thought out. The order they're thought out. Everything he says in between the songs. So my theory is try to have it as scripted as possible. So the script that we use, so we don't do anything ad hoc. We script out the set list. We have it written down. We have like a break or Dave makes a comment or we say happy birthday to this person. So we actually script the whole thing out and we base the order, I think, on so like a flow. Like you come in heavy, then you back off a little bit, then you pick it back up, punch them in the face, then you back off a little bit, then you, you know, leap on them and give them the RKO at the end, you know, it's just, you know. So, uh, you know, give him the finisher at the end. And then, um, you know, it's just, I just kind of, I've, I've always kind of felt that that's the way bands do it in general. And um, it's just basically like a, a cadence that we picked up based on, you know, what we feel is the most effective to a crowd. Man, and you guys are from the same area I'm at. Uh, you guys, are you guys coming out of South Jersey, out of Philly? I know that you guys have yeah. played a few times out of my, uh, what I call the Rock and Roll Union uh, spot, which is Hot Shots out there in Westville. Yep. Um, any the certain... last show was at Hot Shots. <laughs> and when was that? March. I actually, 13th. yeah, the last time we played was uh, a week before the, the lockdown when they went on lockdown. It was the last week of, of March, and then that that first week of April is when the lockdown hit. Uh, we really haven't done too much since. Man, yeah, well, yeah. 
Now, have you guys? <clears throat> I know that the the upside to COVID, if there is an upside to COVID, has been creativity has been off the charts with a lot of different artists, a lot of different musicians. Have you guys had luck in that atmosphere? Or are you guys kind of doing any writing on the downtime? Uh, Mike, I write constantly, and I write. I've been writing a lot of stuff too. I think that Mike and I need to kind of compare. We're we're at a, a point where I think we're overdue to compare notes, and we we have we have a backlog of stuff. Honestly, Mike, I know you're probably yeah. writing. I know you've probably been writing up a ton of stuff. Um, we really should be having. Uh, we should be done uh, a whole new CD by now, uh, but it's it's. I, we got a couple songs that were recorded, uh, but really the amount of songs that we have, we could do, we could do two CDs. Uh, and and again, uh, the songs I love them. Uh, the songs are are unique. I think uh, relative to people. Um, you, you, the, the song "Leave Me the Fuck Alone" uh, it is awesome. Uh, we will we will uh, walk into a restaurant or a bar sometimes, and so I hear somebody yell, you leave me the fuck alone. Oh, my God, I'm looking for the guy. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, Dave, Dave, weren't me and you together? We went to that bar, uh, and that dude's mom yelled it across the bar. It was me and Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did. So you know? I guess the guy who shot the video's mother was in this restaurant, and me and Dave had walked in. It was that night that we went for for uh, long, what was it Texas Roadhouse? We went across the street to the bar, yeah. Uh, and the dude's mother who shot the video for us, uh, is, you know, leave me the fuck alone. I'm looking around like, who is this crazy lady? <laughs> uh, but she she knew us from obviously the, the video, which was really fun. Uh, it, it gets. It's it's just a fan favorite because everybody can relate to it. It's a catchy it, song you know? and people relate to it, you know, because it's like everybody can relate to it. My, my girl's uh, aunt and uncle, who are you know way outside of anything I would consider like a rock and roll fan, like they love it, you know, which is strange. <laughs> number one because it's a rock song, and number two, you know, it, oh, it says the word fuck in it, you know, unapologetically. <laughs> It's not bleeped out. It's like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and um, they love it. And I'm like, what? This guy's a dentist. And his wife, you know, they're, they're <laughs> under steps, I guess. You know, like that's, I never, ever in a million years thought, you know, thought that anybody like that would like our stuff. But it seems to be universally liked. Everybody listens to it. They're like, that's a great song. It's a great tune. It's catchy. It's funny. You know, if you've seen the video, you know, you have Mike pissing on the guy's papers on the on the ground and oh, yeah. I've seen the video. It, the video is great. And I you know, I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about that recording. Uh the whole album was called Leave Me the Fuck Alone. How long did you guys record that? Where did you record that and what what kind of went into the writing process behind the the album as a whole? So to be honest with you, I wanted to name it Devil on My Shoulder, okay? Uh, I, I had a video concept for the whole thing. Uh, I had an album cover for the whole thing. Uh, and after the, the, the album was written, it took – it had to be had to be 10 months before we could send it out to, to be uh, you know, uh, processed or duplicated or get CDs made, that kind of thing, because um, I, I couldn't get anybody together to – do our logo. I couldn't get anybody to, to get together to do the uh, uh, on the same day. It was very frustrating trying to get something to, together. Uh, and as months passed 
on with just the, the songs are done. I can't get anybody to help me with the, you know, if I, if I could draw or do, uh, what do you call it? Great, uh, you know, graphics. I, I would have done it myself. And, and I, people said they, they would help things would come back and they would look horribly, just horrible. Like, like a, a grade schooler did it, you know? So finally right. I, I just got, I got so mad. Uh, I, I said, I think it's a, a jinx with the name. And I said, I, I, you know, at that point my blood was boiling and I felt more like leave me the fuck alone. Uh, then I did that. And I, I called Dave on the phone. Remember how many times did I say I was going to throw it out? Dave? I'd call him the odds. I'd be screaming. Dave would talk me off the ledge. Uh, because it's it's something that I, I can't do, and usually when when something's not getting done, I'll I'll fucking go just go do it myself. Uh, really, right. nobody's going to do this. I'll and you I put, So then we, we got somebody actually. Yeah, um, uh, you, you know the guys uh, the guys uh, from Rat Rod. Uh, oh yeah, Mike Smith. Uh, Mike Smith hooked me up with somebody uh, that did their album covers. Brother, Brian did yeah, it, his right. brother. Brian and uh, did, did, yeah, Brian yep. Smith. Yeah, did it. And, yeah, uh, Brian Smith has he, actually done. Uh, Brian Smith's actually done posters for the Rock and Roll Union. Yeah, he's a great okay. guy. And, he's dude, also. Uh, I literally. I, I remember the day when he sent me the, the 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 graphics, and I just. It was worth the wait. So, yeah. so it again, uh, the video, the album name was all, um, and then at that point, people are telling me uh, you shouldn't name it that because it's gonna. You can't put it places, you know, leave me the fuck alone. And that just made me more mad. I said, well, really? Well, you know, well, fuck you. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm going to do what I want. So that's really how that came about. But those songs on there, uh, leave me the fuck alone, I remember exactly where I wrote it. I, I wrote it sitting at my desk at work in one foul suite. I, I went out to, to lunch. I was at the Wawa. Uh, I ride a bike. And uh, and people will always be like, hey, nice bike. You know, I but then they always always say CC. They go, yeah, my brother-in-law, he 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 got into a, a bike accident. Oh, my my sister's boyfriend's uh, father, he got killed on a bike. Like every Jeez. time I go somewhere, and I just turn around and I you know I remember I said to the guy right, like, oh, is this your Ford F one fifty? Yeah, my cousin died in one of those. Like, have a good day, <laughs> right? Like, fuck you, leave me the fuck alone. That's Fucking really clap. where it came. I I get back because it makes me. Nobody wants to hear that. But people right. people say it all the time. Everybody but, has a comment dude, or a direct. Everybody's got a comment, and um, and and I I remember just getting back, and I just it was hanging on me. You know what I'm saying? Just dude, why why do you, must people feel this this need to to always say this? Number one, right. dude. I I mean I know I, I've been riding for years and years and years. I, I, I ride with tons of pe- different people. Uh, I, I, you know, I rode, I was in a bike group at, at the church I belong to. Uh, I got friends that I ride with, musicians I ride with, uh, just all over the spectrum. And I know a very few amount of people that have, you know, you know, thank God I've been in accidents, but I go out, strangers apparently just know every person that's been into an accident. So that's where that came from. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my story is a lot shorter about the album recording. He asked about the recording. Um, Mike had already written this whole album, so I went over his house and like sat there for an hour and played my bass tracks and then went home. <laughs> yeah, I, I recorded everything. In my, Hero uh, effort. Uh, I recorded uh, the thing in my in my apartment. Yeah. Man, so I mean. Are you guys listening to anything newer? Are you guys uh, – what's your take on the current music scene 
or the current genre? Like, what are your thoughts about rock where it is right now? Well, I booked bands at a bar called the Cherrywood for about seven years. I booked over a thousand unique individual bands. Most of them were original. And that was probably the last greatest push of the original scene because it was a lot of different circles, a lot of people playing. I have to admit, over the last five years, it seems that live music has gotten less and less as far as enthusiasm for people coming out. And not just for people that are our age, for also guys that I've jammed with that are in their 20s and they complain about the same thing. And they think that everybody is, they don't want to go anywhere where they complain about playing the cover. They just want to download everything. And the, the bars around here, I, hot shots, I give them a huge props. They still do it. There's um, Absolutely. a couple places on the plate that do it. And I'm so happy that bars will still do original music. That's the, that's the greatest. I mean, I booked original bands. We've all played the original scene. I mean, I have to say like, as far as the enthusiasm to get people out, it's a lot harder. Maybe, maybe after COVID it'll, it'll go on a big upswing and we'll have more, more people um, come out, but I think that it's tough to get people out these days. And you know, maybe 2021, it'll you know the vaccine will come out and people will start to be able to come out again. And maybe it'll maybe there'll be a thirst and a hunger for it again, and we can get it back to where it was when we were doing the cherry wood and the pennant and all that. Where it was packed Hell yeah! Friday, right? Hey, you yeah, know the the, the the one thing that you know we talked about relentlessly on this show in the beginning. Now that we're going on our third year was the need for making shows earlier and COVID kind of made that a necessity right now. And I've noticed that some of these places that are doing live music, people are coming out a little bit earlier because people don't want to hang out till two o'clock in the morning. I mean, that being, that, so right. being that, being that band that goes on at midnight, you're playing in front of maybe five people and it, it's not rewarding oh at all. No, so I, you're so right. When I would book bands, there's a band that this is this is a holdover from the '80s, where the first band goes on at nine or ten, and then eleven, and then twelve, and then one, and then you close the tip. This is because the restaurant owners, the bar owners, and if there's any if there's any bar owners, I'm sorry for these disparaging comments. I'm going to make to you fucking idiots. <laughs> you morons are more concerned about you have this 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 myth that if you if you fill every spot with music that's the only way people are going to stay and it doesn't work that way the right way to do it would be you know have a band come in you know play at like seven seven thirty another one at eight another one at nine nobody needs no one no one should start their their set at ten forty five at night it's too that's late. right people will stay they're not going to leave when the band's over or 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 switch the format and have a lighter band play. You know, have have a two piece. Have a, there's so many there's so many things you could do. They're all they're all going by that model that you had in the '80s, where bands had to play solid, pounding through your head till two in the morning. It, right. It's not. It doesn't work. It's not a club like a like uh, a, that kind of a format. So I agree that. And, oh, oh my God. Oh, I don't want to play. I can't go on at 12:30 at night. I have to work the next day. I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's how you have to do it. And I felt bad saying that to these kids, but right. I'm like, as soon as okay, well you're punished now. You have to go on. Either first or last, and then and then next time I'll, I'll hold the carrot out and say, next time I'll let you play the good slot if you are good and bring lots of people. And I, I hated doing that. Yeah, I thought that that yeah. sucked. So I yeah, agree. I mean, it should be earlier, way earlier. It's, it's amazing to me how that middle spot became the sweet spot with trying to mm-hmm. like 
that's the spot that everybody wants, and everybody's bickering with one another over that spot. But it's like yeah. if you if you build a show where that last band was going on at ten or eleven o'clock, I don't think it would be like that. If the music ends a little early, you still get to hang out with the band afterwards, and you can talk to them. No one's and it, going anywhere. It, it's it, and people are going to be there. If they're going to be there, they're going to be there regardless. So it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. I agree with you 100. percent they're not going to drive to another bar at 11.45 at night to go see another band. They're there. They're drinking. They're having fun. They're ordering their wings and their city burgers or whatever. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> when we were kids, here's what it was. When we were kids, nobody wanted to open. You wanted to be the headliner. And right, the headliner right. went on last because when we went to the Spectrum to see, you know, Motley Crue or Ozzy or Maiden or Priest or whoever, they went on last. It was there. It meant it was your show. And it would be a war. It'd be like, well, you go on first, and then we go in. Like, I don't want to. I'm not opening up for them. No, uh, no way. We're we're way better than they are. They're, they're, they they yeah. can't open up for us. These guys are pussies. No way. And then they, everybody had a turf <laughs> for it. Everybody wanted to go on last. We didn't give a shit if it was three thirty in the morning. We went on last because you all opened up for us. And now it's like, dude, I want to go on at nine o'clock. Please God, make that happen. I don't want. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. One hundred percent, Dave. You nailed that. That's for sure. And, and it's not uh, age The younger people are the same way. It's not just the it, age thing. The younger people want want it also. So people are my, uh, my drummer's running late. Can we take the middle spot instead? Like, come on, man. Yes. If I may, if I may, Dave, that's you. That, that's Dave. <laughs> CT, I'd be getting a call. I'd be shows right. We're we're playing like ten o'clock, or whatever. He'd be calling me at like eight o'clock. Hey, do you think I can bar somebody's face in? I don't want I don't want to lug this out. Yeah, let me in. Yeah. Come on, Dave. <laughs> tell me that's not you. Hey, I'm running late. I got to pick up Chrissy's mom. Minimal effort. <laughs> Nobody. We need to bring Marshall stacks and giant bass. I had a bass cabinet the size of a refrigerator, literally. Okay, it was like a two by twenty bins with a huge. We could we could play you know play the spectrum with the shit that we had, and you know. See, but he's not doing that now. He's like, he's just got a regular amp, by the way. Now, so, <laughs> but he still doesn't want yeah, to bring it. So, so twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, he would be lugging that refrigerator thing all over the place. Wouldn't want to use somebody else's. Now he's just got a, a regular combo bass amp kind of thing, and he's right. like, uh, could you see if I can play somebody else's? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and, bass, and let's be fair. Bass, you can get a good tone out of a lot of bass amps. Most bass players have better shit than I do. And I'm like, in my bass, I have a B, I play this band. I play a beast, an old '80s BC Rich with active electronics. And like the sound of this bass I have sounds the way that bass sounds, no matter what I'm playing at it, because the sound is driven out of the active electronics out of this thing. So I can kind of get away with that. A guitar player. Different story. Guitar player, you have your sound, you love your sound. You can't just plug your guitar into some strange dickhead's amp. That's not going to work. But <laughs> bass, you can get away with a lot. You can play through the fucking board, you know? So, yeah. you know, that was my next point that I was going to bring up is from back in the day, you know, my parents were booking agents back in the early, uh, early uh, 80s to like the mid-90s. And I remember everybody had to pay the sound guy, and the sound guy was one of the most expensive parts of the night. Now all these yep. venues have their own built-in sound guy, so you're not paying the sound guy, but now bands are making less. And in some aspects, that's got to kind of weigh out some things as far as pay is concerned. A lot of bands are getting pissed off at the pay, but it's like you're not paying that sound guy anymore. 
Yeah, you're right. True. Now, I, I, I remember that. We always had, at the end of the night, we'd always have to go to um, at Bonnie's. It was Mike Cooper or Wayne or, or one of those guys. And we'd always have to make sure we had, we, Bonnie would give us the money, and then we'd all go together and we'd give the sound guy our cut. I remember that now. Yeah, but we don't do that anymore. The sound guy is just an employee of the club. So yeah. we don't deal with oh, which prob which which might explain a few things. Maybe we can start. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I don't. Well, I don't. You know, the, the thing about it is, we you know, obviously, CT, we don't do it uh, for for the the money because right. really there is none. <laughs> if we get a good if we get a good pay night, I, like I'm like guess guess who's not having to pay for a practice room for the next two weeks? You know, like yeah, you know, right. uh, we'll, we'll do that or. To be honest, who am I kidding, Dave? I'll do a good boy, bunch of shots, you know, you know, ten shots of Jack Daniels, you know, boom, that's that's half your night's pay. Uh, so, so it's either one of those two things. Like I, I would save it up and say we're going to use this for a recording, but at the end of the day, we we might have used it for like rehearsal time and things like that, you know. job. So original music is. Money is made in original music because people want to see you. It doesn't matter if your band has one fan or you're Ozzy and have a million fans. Has anybody? Let me ask you this: Has anybody ever gone to the Wells Fargo Center and said, "I'm just going to go to the Wells Fargo and see who's playing"? No. Yeah. No. You're you're spending your money. You want to see that band. Original music. That's the mindset. Like, oh, this band's playing. I'm going to go see that band. You're not really going for background music. We're not cover bands. It's a whole different right. format. Now, speaking of that, and people going out to see those bands, uh, we live in a different day and age now where it's required. I was just talking to a good friend of mine who was talking about when you have a show, you need to at least put out there on, on Facebook or whatever social media that you have a show coming up. That's the bare minimum, but... There needs to be, what do you guys think as far as a tie-in between the venue helping you out and the band promoting themselves? Every It feels like it's something that should be done on all ends. Oh, I, 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 we I go print out, agree more. We go print out flyers. I, I print out flyers, uh, and I literally have them with me all the time. I, I put them up in the – if I'm in – if I'm at the grocery store and I'm standing in line at the cash register, I stick them to the flyers in the in the gum racks. Right. Um, I mean, just like everywhere. So I go to the Wawa, put them up on there because Wawa has a um, a community board, and you know, uh, by the ATM, it's got a cork board you can hang stuff on. Uh, like How I many trespassing orders do you have against you? I, <laughs> right. I I literally like I print out stuff and I go hang the stuff up. I, I will go by the. Uh, the venue and I, I get the, the, the stapler and, and hit the uh, what do you call that uh, the telephone poles and stuff. But I get I get pretty crazy when when we go to play uh, as something. much as I can. Flyers in between the records and he's the only one I know that still does that. You you have the we have the coasters. You lay them out of bars. I, we do. Yeah, we got well, coasters we, with our, with I, our names on it. So, yeah. Nobody does that anymore. I think everybody should. And the, the venue should participate to a degree in that they have, you know, any venue should be have a me- have mechanisms in place to advertise who's playing. They should absolutely do that. It, There's it, nothing it's more worse. That they should help. There's nothing worse than seeing a a bar or a venue post live music and nothing next to it. Yeah, it's weak. Uh, oh, yeah. 
And, I mean, I like what Hot Shots does. They have the, the chalkboard in there, and they, they write, take the time to write down every band that's coming through. But I've also been in venues yeah. where, yeah, they, they post live music Saturday night, and you have no idea what that live music is. That's yeah, right. It could be yeah. a ukulele player, you know, it could be somebody blowing a trombone out their ass for all you know. Yeah, they should <laughs> they should absolutely put the the name. What what night's that, Dave? <laughs> trombone guy. Oh, well, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you need idea. to go see that. So now as far as, as far as accessing your music, I know you guys are on Spotify. Where else can people find your music? Mike Living YouTube. Room. Uh, my living room. <laughs> so if you are of the female gender between, you know, uh, 26 and uh, 48, just come to my living room. I'll play with you whatever you want. <laughs> and you don't have a prior restraining order against Mike? Okay. Right. Well, that, that gives it out, Sandy. Bernadette here, you know, she'll, she'll get upset. I got this, uh, I got this mannequin CT. Uh, her name is Bernadette. I bought her for the band, okay, to wear, like, I, I got a Godzilla mask and stuff, and so you know she she's dressed in some slutty biker clothes and stuff, and she wears this Godzilla mask. Her name's Bernadette, but it is so difficult to move her around. She's just, she's just in my <laughs> living room behind my couch. So whenever every I'm, time I walk I in have, there, I jump. I right, so everybody gets freaked out. So uh, dude, I'll be like, I, like I work for corporate America. You know what I mean? Like I I got to sit here and work from home and. And I mean, this company's big, and you know, and I've I've got to partake in some of these things. Uh, and so when I use my laptop, I kind of yeah, I'd forgotten that Bernadette was there. And there's like my boss's boss's boss from you know from Connecticut, and they're like, now they also know who I am. So they <laughs> like they do take like they'll be like, what is that behind you? And I mean, she's she's got. Uh, and, you know, she's dressed in uh, what is this fishnet, and she's got on booty shorts and biker boots. Uh, so she was supposed to be like a. There's electrical tape on her out. nipples, Mike. It's awful. I got electrical tape on her nipples. So uh, there are times I forget that she's there, <laughs> and uh, that turns and, and or if somebody does come over, if I invite a, a young woman over, uh, you know, for tea and crimpets, uh, sometimes they they're like, oh dear, where have I just walked into? Uh, because of that, but Bernadette's nice. <laughs> can't say anything bad about her. Um, yeah, we actually, you know something, GT, when we do play live, we do bring uh, a number of things with us, don't we, Dave? Um, we've got these TVs that, that we, we bring with us, and, and they play um, uh, images and videos yeah, uh, as we play. Yeah. We've got old yeah, like TVs we, with, with these crazy VHS things. Oh, I never watched them all the way through. My, it was uh, old school theatrics. Uh, we, right. we we try to do stuff like that or bring I've got I've got those uh heads. I like I got these mannequin heads with like uh, maybe gas masks on, Castle Bravo you know, right. uh the gas and things like that. So uh we'll put them on the stage and things like that. We tr- we do try to make things a little more than just a bunch of guys in, in some jeans uh playing music. We we try to try to make it you know, step it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's one of the worst things that a lot of bands do is it, it just feels like it's a routine thing that they do. They get up, they have no fun. It's just they're there, and there's nothing worse as somebody out in the crowd than seeing a band like that. Yeah, so, you know, I, we, yeah, we, a, listen, with, at the end of the day, it, when we're done playing, I always feel, because I, like, I, cause I feel it's important, okay, Uh 
it, when you come out for a fern night, I want you to say, wow, this is really cool to watch. Because you could just be at the bar talking to your friends while bands are playing. Uh, I also, we also always play two cover songs a set. And then we won't play those cover songs for the next three gigs. Because I also say this. So if, if I go out to see your band and I watch two bands before you and now yours, that's each band's 10, 12 songs. You're listening to 40 songs that you don't know. Sometimes it's just not fun for anybody. So we will play uh, two cover songs. We make them our own. We don't play them like, like a uh, cover band would. We, we play them the Castle Bravo way, which is right. pretty much loud and sloppy. And, uh, uh, you know, and we, we have fun with it. And usually it's not a cover song that you're going to hear a cover band play. So we did – what did we do the last time, Dave? Uh, well, I, do. I, sing, did I do? sing Ace of Spades, which oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever Spades heard a cover band do it. And everybody knows um, that song. Everybody knows Ace of Spades, but you don't expect to hear it, and it goes over great. And then right. we do an Elvis song where we, you know, we turn it into a metal song, and we do um we do Blue Monday, and we do we have that like kind of like, you know, really rocked out. Um, for people to know Blue Monday, like you know, how does it feel? You know that song. That's <laughs> all. I'm like, oh, the how does it feel song. And then um, but we made oh, we it, did the know, love song by the metal. Show. Yeah, the oh, the song by the Cure. We we, we would do yeah, that yeah. one. Um, yeah, somebody you, you know you wouldn't expect to hear. Right. That's great. Now, so, have you guys had a chance to play out at all during this whole mess? Do you have anything upcoming? Not at all. Fortunately, not, not at all. Uh, yeah. The only things that we have played is like acoustic songs uh, at some parties or a restaurant here or there. Me and Dave might. Uh, We'll play, you know, a night of a song, uh, cover songs, and then we throw Castle Bravo songs in there uh, as well. Unless, unless we're in the restaurant, we do, we can't play the Leave Me the Fuck Alone, but we'll play the rest of the stuff. <laughs> Honey, they're playing our song at dinner. Yeah, Leave Me the Fuck Alone. We, yeah, I asked them to play that. We're breaking up tonight. That's how that night would go. I don't know. So. We played at my, we played at my engagement party, Mike and I, and there was a baby shower. This is a Philomena in Deptford, and there was a baby shower, like, you know, in the other area. They weren't anywhere near us, and they came up. and like, oh, can you turn it down, the, the baby showers? You know, they, they can hear you. I'm like, fuck them. So I just played way louder, and then I started cursing them all out. <laughs> fuck, right? Fuck them. I mean, fuck their baby. You, you guys are all paying the same price for the same spot, so, I mean. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I never turn it down. But uh, it's turn it up or turn it off. Now, as far as yeah, uh, yeah, I don't play that bullshit. Now, are you guys <laughs> refraining from playing due to COVID, or is it just you guys haven't come across anything? Is it more of a, a decision on your part, or is it just the way things are uh, right now? Well, I mean, half half a year, nothing was going on. Uh, we, right. We've had some some uh, internal. Uh, just issues and things like that of timing, uh, personal issues, uh, you know, with, with some people in the band or their families. Uh, so we just haven't really gotten around to it. Um, I do think in, in the state that where things are, are making a turn, I think, uh, as of late, I, I think by the, the, the summertime, I think things will ha- will open up and things like that. Um, even even if I would like to get – to, to put that side thing together instead of like you know cramming people into a bar, but like you know yeah. rent a, a field, uh, that kind of thing. Maybe get with the township and and get 
bands like us and just do a, a music festival. I think think community would love it because everybody's been yeah. stuck in the house for a year. Uh, and you're outside. You can you know you get vendors and, and uh, food trucks, things like that. Uh, that's been on my mind for a while. Something that you can do, you know, get a sound guy. Um, I got to get a permit to do it. Oh, and CT, if, if if I may, I got people on my phone saying, "Hey, can you give me a shout out?" I mean, most of them are like. You know, uh, like these dirty strippers, but I'll say hi to Greg and Gary. <laughs> They're listening because, I mean, they are kind of dirty. And, you know, <laughs> uh, but then everybody else, uh, they know who they are. <laughs> I figured I'd do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, there, I, I feel like you, though. I mean, there's times in the summertime, and you see it different, uh, different districts have different days out with live music and. I, you know, I think that's something that we could use a little bit more of, especially this coming summer with not knowing how the indoor venues are going to be. Outside would be a great spot for live shows this year, and I'm just hoping that there's more and more of it. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see why we couldn't do it. To be honest with you, um, two things which is needed if you get a, a permit from like your your township is what i'm thinking uh you know uh is you got to have a stage some you got to build a stage and you got to pay a sound sound man so you, yeah. you might have to to uh you know if the township picks up for that then you know you you would obviously do an outdoor uh thing i would i would get local bands to play you know all day uh and yeah. the night uh, of some sort and just Really, I, I think I think it would it, it helps. I think music, you know, uh, brings people together uh, for all different reasons, and I, I just think we need it after a lot of things this past year has has, has brought to us. I got to say, one uh, I only did maybe three events last year, and I am seeing an event every year called Jam on the Dam, which is in Williamstown. And they do exactly that. They have the stage. It's actually they pay for the stage to come in, and they build the stage. And the people that are organizing it don't have to do anything. They they bring in the stage. They bring in the sound guy. And they have live bands. It's mostly cover bands throughout the entire day. But you have a lake there. You have ice cream trucks and food trucks. And it's a nice spot. So... Yeah, I think that's something that's definitely doable in other locations. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I think I think I think we we box ourselves in uh, CT just thinking you're a cover band. You got to play at a bar on Saturday night. That's uh, right. You know, uh, and as and as long as you're you're not out there, you know, the family's out there with their ice cream cones and stuff. I, I'm not really sure that I would lead off with our our. <laughs> you know, song our video song. You know what I'm saying? I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm conscientious. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I would maybe leave that one out of the, the set list. You know what I'm saying? Or, or maybe, maybe, maybe they okay, should get a beep button. You know, somebody beep it while we, while we sing it. That might work too. Should get the, uh, yeah. like the SpongeBob sound effects. You ever see that episode where he's cursed? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, falling we, sounds and stuff in that. there. But uh. <laughs> And we just put, rip, put our fingers up in the air alone. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm more I'm less worried about what anybody else thinks. I'm, I'm Mike is more pragmatic and practical and respectful. I'm kind of a obnoxious dick. So we're <laughs> okay, just about is, out of 
we're just about out of time, but I wanted to ask you guys, um, as far as people finding you, as people, as far as people wanting to check you out, we have listeners from all over the country. So how would they go about finding your music? Okay. Oof. So, I mean, I want everyone um, to go to YouTube and look up the, the YouTube video and then Mike, you can tell them the rest. But I think, okay. I think that leaving the fuck alone video is kind of like a good introduction to, you know, what, are, what the band's about. I think everybody should go to, YouTube, just look up Castle Bravo, Leave Me the Fuck Alone. The video starts see, off see, with Michael and his Harley, and then, you know, you, take it uh, from there. Did, did you get a chance to listen to any of the phone calls off that album, CT? Some of them. They were great, dude. Like, so, <laughs> me, and Dave, me and Dave, dude. Okay, so anybody listening, um, we uh, if you if you had this, the, the purchase the CD, after every song is a phone call. We, you know, we were sitting around at my house, and I had a recording on my phone, and we just got drunk, and we called these these places, uh, you know, and we asked them, hey, you know, we called the record store, hey, do you got the the Castle Bravo CD? The girl was looking for it. I don't think so. It'll probably be here next week. Uh, we called, we called the, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, we called Hot Bravo Topics. They think they had any Hot Castle Bravo T-shirts, and they're like, "No, never heard of them people." It was awesome. So there's a <laughs> lot great. of things. There's a lot of things on the CD that we just we just had fun with, uh, and nor do we do, do we get, uh, you know, bogged down with it's got to be metal, and that's all we do. Like I said, things one track is one way, the next one's another. So if anybody wants to yeah. go give it a listen to, uh, you, if you type in Castle Bravo again, this is uh, you're going to come up with just bombs. Um, which is actually, if you you should read it because it is good history. Uh, but if you type in Castle Bravo Band or uh, Castle Bravo, leave me the fuck alone, and just take the U out of fuck, F C K, uh, that will come up with that album on Spotify, on um, iTunes, on YouTube, and then when when you do that, you can see all the songs and all the tracks uh, as well that are that that come with that, uh, and. Uh, you know that's not, and I, I gotta I gotta be honest with you know because you know I all the songs one I I think are good. Uh, you got the devil on my my shoulder, uh, which is a, a fan favorite. We actually have been uh, contacted by a radio, I mean a uh, a record company. I didn't even send it out. Somebody heard it. Somebody heard it somewhere and sent it to somebody who sent it to somebody who contacted us. Uh, I mean, nothing really uh, came of it, but we talked about it and they loved the song. So that's a really good uh, crowd. Favorite. We've got a song in there. Uh, I love you on Leopard, right, Dave? Uh, I wrote that one yeah. from. We were at a, a classic car show, you know, and these rockabilly chicks were, were there. And I remember seeing this this broad uh, in this skin tight leopard print dress. And I think like a year later, I wrote I wrote the song, and that's what what that's about because I I, I just think that's it was awesome. Uh, so every song on there has got some sort of reason behind it, uh, and a lot of people find something they can connect with uh or at least that they write to us and, and tell us you know people write I, it's not like i'm getting thousands of fan mail but like every every month or two you you know somebody will write hey i, I heard your song i really liked it uh which is i gotta be honest with you it's the be- that's the best part not when your friends hear it uh because your friends are your friends and they'll, right. they'll listen to it because they they'll love you but when somebody you do not know writes to you and says hey i really like this song or i found joy in it or um, breaking up with my girlfriend, and I and I feel uh, this song, you know, it really I can connect with. Uh, I like that a lot. That's my favorite part of doing all of it is when I, when I know somebody who doesn't know me 
which is probably better off because if they knew me, they, they wouldn't listen to anything. Uh, but uh, somebody who doesn't know you that appreciates it, I, I find yeah. that the best part of all, all of this. I agree yeah, with that. A lot, I've been a lot in of that times, spot yeah. myself. So go ahead, Dave. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, like, yeah, that's the biggest combo. I mean, when the, the way you know you're successful is when it's not just your friends and your mom <laughs> out in the crowd. We, I had a, um, I had a, we had our band Dave's American mom Messiah. Loves me, we, by the way, we, she does. She thinks you're the best. <laughs> she does. Mike's a good guy. Everybody likes Mike. We had a, we had a band, our band American Messiah. We sold tons of T-shirts, and we started getting tons of people out to our shows that we didn't know. Like people came because you know they were in heavy music and we were heavy. And on stage, I, we have like, I'm, I'm soaked with blood and we have contact lenses all that so i see i see a kid in the mall at the food court with his parents he's wearing our american messiah shirt and i'm like oh that's cool i'm like i'm gonna go against my better judgment i'm like i'm gonna go you know say hi to that kid so i go up i'm like hey i'm like oh that's my band shirt that's really cool and he looks at me and goes no that's that's not i'm like yeah american messiah I'm in the band. he's like no no you're not i'm like oh, okay I'm, i have my hair in a ponytail wearing glasses i'm probably wearing a golf shirt or something. <laughs> was like, no, nah, he wasn't having it. He's like, the dad's kind of looking at me like, get away from my kid, dude. I'm like, all right, this is not wow. working out. I'm, I'm out here. But, you know, <laughs> the same, it's the same thing. You know, it's like, yeah. well, I still was like, well, you know, he might not believe it was me, but it really was, and he touched my heart. Wherever you are, kid, if you're listening, keep wearing that American side shirt. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome, that, man. Now, now I'm getting... I see now I'm in trouble with my, my, my cousin, uh, Shannon, in West Virginia. She's like, I'm loving this Bernadette doll talk. You know, now she wants me to send her a picture of, of the, the Bernadette doll. So, you know I what, Mike? You're going to have, that out. You're, you're gonna have to do that. You're going to have to post a picture on the Rock and Roll Union page, too, uh, so we could all see Bernadette. But after okay, the, we'll do. Uh, we'll do. Right on. After the show, I'm gonna post. Uh, I'm gonna post the "Leave Me the Fuck Alone" video, so everyone can go ahead and check that out. Oh, great! Thanks. But, yeah. Thank you, man. Really, really great talking to you guys, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with us. And uh, guys, anything that comes up, Castle Bravo, please post it right on the Facebook page so Thank that we you can so keep up to date. And man, once once we get out of this mess, man, we're gonna have to hang. Definitely, oh, yeah. definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, thank th- thanks for having us. It, it was thank great. Thank you so much, guys. You guys have a great rest of your night. Rock and roll, yeah, man. Great weekend. Care. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. So that was Castle Bravo. We're going to go ahead and listen to a little Castle Bravo now uh, so you guys can get a little bit of uh, audio from what they were talking about. This is going to be Devil on My Shoulder. I've always wondered, what's the devil look like? Well, of course, there are all manner of lesser imps and demons, Pete, but the great Satan himself is red and scaly with a bifurcated tail. He carries a hayfield. Every day, the devil on my shoulder. 
ever devised a bedevil that days a man. This is Blanche Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room. Featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro, both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and 
seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOT Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. It is... What a great interview that was, man. I just got to say, those guys were a lot of fun having on. Castle Bravo, man. Much better things up ahead after we get out of this whole mess. But uh, a little talk about next week's episode. We're going to be going back to our roundtable. We're going to be talking about what we can do. We've, we've talked about it before, but what we can do to help change the atmosphere, change what's going on in the local scene, what bands are doing wrong, what bands are doing right. We're going to be joined by Highball owner Bill Chavis. He'll be back with us once again. A new guy to the show, but a long friend, Mike Albuquerque at Magnetar will be with us. And then the second hour of the show, guys, it is my extreme honor and privilege to announce that Nick Petrino of Firehouse will be with us, man. Really, really excited to talk about that. And in honor of that, we're going to listen to a little bit of Firehouse now. Here is Don't Treat Me Bad.
That was Firehouse with Don't Treat Me Bad. That's right. Nick Petrino will be with us next week in the second hour. First hour, we'll be doing our little roundtables that you have you guys who have been listening have come to know and really excited about that as well guys once again a big thank you to castle bravo man make sure you go check them out on youtube check them out on spotify man really great guys nothing but the best of uh really hoping high hopes for them man really great guys and uh really waiting to get through covid so we can check those guys out once again but Thank you so much for listening, guys. It has been a great week, great podcast tonight with those guys. And uh, until next time, remember, rock and roll. Have a good week, guys.